You pumped? <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, morning. We are, as you know, getting uh, closer and closer and closer into uh, moving out of this gym and into our building. And we just know that as we move over there, that God is going to do something absolutely tremendous on a whole new level for our church. And so uh, I want to answer a question that I get asked uh, 10 times a day um, from all of you all, and that is, when are we doing this? (laughs) When? Uh, When is grand opening? When are we opening up the building? Uh, The answer is really twofold. Um, It is possible that we can start holding services there uh, even by the end of December. And so when the building is completely finished and we can open it up and have services, uh, we want to. Now, there's certainly an asterisk to that, right? Um, Because COVID is on a kind of an exponential rise again. And so we have no idea if there will be mass uh, gathering restrictions put in place by then. I mean, that would be one asterisk that would allow us not to open it up, obviously. You know, other potential challenge is as COVID is really rising, um, it has become more and more difficult for our church to fill volunteer positions each week, in part because there are just so many people quarantining at different times. But if we are able to open it up, uh, we're going to open it up. Uh, and whenever we do, we encourage you to invite your friends so they can come hear the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just such a cool opportunity as so many people are interested to come and see it. But really, there's going to be sort of uh, two phases to opening up this building over the next a year. The first phase is going to be when we open it up as soon as we're able to, as soon as we're ready, say in late December, you know, maybe into January. But the other phase won't actually happen until, of opening it up, won't actually happen until probably more like summer, uh, maybe even into early fall. So in other words, we're not going to do a massive grand opening. And by grand opening, I mean, I'm talking billboards all over town, street signs on every corner, postcards all over social media. We're not going to be able to do that sort of grand opening for the building until things are much more back to normal. And so as they announced uh, several places this week, you know, with a vaccine kind of coming to the general public, I'll say around April-ish, that means that we're going to have to wait a little while still to do that. And that's for really for a number of reasons. Um, You know, one of the reasons was I was out at the church building last week, actually, and there was a couple who lived in one of the houses basically across the street from the church, and they were walking through our parking lot, and they were kind of admiring the building. And I went over to talk to them. And we got to talking, and then I invited them. I said, hey, you know, when we open this up, you, you got to come check out a service. And they said, oh, we would love to do that. We want to see the inside. We're so curious about this church. And then the lady, she looked at me, and she said, but honestly, we wouldn't dream of it until COVID is over. And there are many, 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 many people that feel that way. And so we were not going to be able to do like a massive, huge, grand opening for a while. We'll move in. We'll be there. But that sort of massive grand opening will come come later. And so really, it's going to open up in two phases, and both of them are important. And even when we move in in the next couple of months, I believe that God is immediately going to start to move pretty mightily, even right now. And here's why. People are hurting. This has been a tough year for a lot of people. I see when I read the prayer requests every week. I can't remember a time where I've just seen more prayer requests for families that are affected by suicide, addiction, depression, divorce. People are hurting right now. And if we can't able open it up, we're going to open it up so we can introduce people to Jesus Christ. And I get that when we open it up in that sort of first phase, whether that's the end of December or January or February, whenever we're allowed to open it up, 
I get that it's still going to be probably in the midst of COVID, but I just want you to know people are going to come anyway. One of the things that you maybe don't know is that every Sunday we have a whole number of first-time visiting couples or families or individuals every single week in this gym because they're looking for the Lord right now. And that's going to happen on an exponential level in our building. So we really think that there will be this first wave of God's movement as we move in. And then come summer, or maybe it even has to be early fall, kind of depending on how this all shakes out, when we can really open up and we can actually fit 500 people into that worship center. And by the way, with social distancing, even though we can seat 500 in there, we can actually, with social distancing, only seat 125 people in there. But when we can fit 500 people in there again and people feel safe to gather in crowds and they actually want to gather in crowds again, then I just think you're really going to see the Lord do something spectacular. You know, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks, and, you know, I think in some ways it may even be in God's mercy for this to happen in two phases like this over the next six months or however long it takes. Because I'm not sure that we could have even handled one really big one. And so we get kind of a moderate wave here at the beginning where we can prepare, we can learn from, and be ready for God to do just something astounding into the middle of 2021. But I just think it's going to be a special, special year for our church. However, it isn't going to just happen, especially if we're not prepared. And so today, we're embarking on what I think is a really important series for our church called preparation. Because if God is truly going to do absolutely remarkable things in our church next year, and we're going to see, I don't know, maybe even hundreds of people saved and discipled to follow Jesus in 2021, then we got to be prepared as a church body. One of the things that you see in scripture is there's always preparation that goes into a movement of God, especially the preparation of God's people for God's movement. Let me give you a number of biblical examples. Uh, Moses is a great example here. So growing up, Moses was the prince of Egypt. He grew up in Pharaoh's court, and so he should have had all sorts of leadership training. He should have been ready to lead God's people out of Egypt, and yet he was not spiritually prepared. And so at 40 years old, God sends Moses basically out in the wilderness to be a no-name shepherd. But it wasn't a waste. It was preparation. In fact, D.L. Moody has one of the all-time great quotes about Moses's life. He said this. He said, Moses spent his first 40 years thinking he was a somebody. He spent his second 40 years out in the wilderness learning he was a nobody. And he spent his third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. Or think of Joshua. You know, Joshua doesn't just jump right into leadership. Uh, Joshua essentially apprenticed or interned under Moses for almost 40 years. One of the things we read about Joshua that's really interesting is Joshua was privy to a whole host of conversations that Moses had with the Lord. And the Bible tells us that often when Moses would leave their tent of meeting after talking with the Lord, that Joshua would stay for extra time just to talk and be with the Lord. He was preparing, preparation for when one day he would be the leader. David, another example. You know, David was anointed to be king as a boy, and yet he didn't actually get to be king for a really long time. It was preparation. Even Jesus prepared for his ministry. I mean, think about this. Jesus, why couldn't have Jesus started his ministry when he was 21? I suppose he could have, but he lives the first 30 years of his life in relative obscurity. And then before he begins his years of ministry, he goes away and he prepares. He spends, in fact, 40 days in prayer and fasting. 
The disciples, before they start this movement that goes out to reach the whole world, they spend three years preparing and apprenticing under Jesus. Even Paul, before he becomes this missionary to take the gospel to all these different places, he actually, if, if you read in the Bible, he goes to Arabia first. He spends years preparing before he goes. Preparation before a movement of God is key. And so we're going to look at a couple of ways through this series that we, our church, just needs to prepare for next year. And today, what we're going to talk about is prayer. We've got to up our engagement with prayer. If God is really going to do what we think he can do next year in 2021, every major move of God, every revival, every sort of huge movement of God in history starts in prayer. I mean, even the birth of Christianity starts this way. So we're told if you read through the gospels, Jesus dies on the cross, right? Three days later, he resurrects. And then we're told that for a period of 40 days, he makes all sorts of different appearances, sometimes just to the disciples. At one time, he even appears to a group of 500 people at once. And that all happens for 40 days. And at the end of the 40 days, we have the ascensions. That's where the disciples are watching Jesus, and he ascends back up into heaven on a cloud. And the disciples are then told that they need to go back into Jerusalem and wait. Okay, so what do they do? You know, you know you're about to start this movement that's going to... He's already told you, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So you know you're supposed to start this movement that's going to go worldwide. You're just waiting for the Holy Spirit. What are you going to do while you wait? Well, let's look at this. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. It says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And they do this for 10 days, actually. Now, this is really interesting. If this was the American church, uh, what would we do in those 10 days? We know our movement's supposed to start in 10 days. We've got to get ready to bring Christianity worldwide. I think we would probably work on some of our strategic timelines, our organizational rollouts. We'd get... They don't do it. They pray. You know, we were reading this, uh, this particular passage uh, in our kids' Bible. When we were reading with our kids, we just, we just... I think one of the best things you can ever do as a parent is just read the Word of God to your kids every day. It's a huge, huge thing you can do as a parent. So we're reading the Bible, and we're in this part in the kids' Bibles, Acts chapter 2. And we read it, and it says, just like it says in the actual scripture, that Peter on Pentecost, now that he's full of the Holy Spirit, he preaches about Jesus, and it says 3,000 people believe that day. And one of my sons said, Dad, that's crazy. 3,000 people said they wanted to follow Jesus that day? And I looked at him and I said, yeah. That's what it says. Because they were prepared. They prepared in prayer. And the Lord moved. And we need to prepare too. You know, I think a really important verse for our church over these next couple of months is uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. You know what that's saying? It's saying if you've got a key thing happening in your life, or happening in your church's life, that you need to do everything that you can to get the horse ready for battle, to get ready, to prepare. But please remember that victory, the person who actually accomplishes it, the person that gets credit for it, is the Lord. And I think that's part of what prayer does. It reminds us who the credit for the victory goes to, whose victory this will be. And I think, honestly, this is where churches 
sometimes leaders go downhill in their life is they start taking the credit themselves. Uh, There's a lot we can learn from Moses' bad example in this, actually. Uh, after living really by faith the last 40 years of his life, you know, you have the, the plagues and the, the parting of the Red Sea and the manna's coming down from heaven, all these amazing things that Moses is a part of. Moses is surprisingly told that he's not going to be able to enter the promised land with the rest of the Israelites. See, what happened was the people were grumbling for water, and God told Moses this. This is from the book of Numbers, which isn't all about numbers, uh, by the way. Uh, Chapter 20, it says this. God says to Moses, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. But rather than just speaking to it gently and giving the Lord credit, instead this happens. Verse 10 of chapter 20. It says, he, Moses... And Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. Right, this is, he's having a tough day, right? Woke up on the wrong side of the mat or whatever, right? And he says, Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. So what's happened here? Well, Moses now thinks he's been a part of ministry and he's seen God just do this incredible movement. And so Moses thinks basically that he's doing it, right? He says, must we do this for you? And he's supposed to just sort of speak gently to the rock and give the Lord credit. But what does he do? He puts on a show, right? He gets out of staff, almost like it's some sort of wand or something. Like, okay, everybody watch, watch this. Right? He's not supposed to do that. He's supposed to talk, give the Lord credit. But now he thinks that he's doing it. And so the mantle of God's movement is going to be passed on to someone else. Right? We've got to be really careful as a church here. We've worked so hard for this for a long time. We can't move into this place and say, you know, we, well, look at what we did. We sacrificed. We gave so generously. We helped build this. And so watch this happen. It doesn't work like that. This is one of the reasons that prayer is so important. It's reminds us that we got to put our hope, we got to put our trust in God. You know, and I think in some ways, God is almost forcing us into thinking this way. Because at some point, especially when we open up the building in the next couple months here in that first phase, COVID is still going to be around. It's still going to be happening. And because of that, we're going to be kind of unable to use all the strategies and plans we had been planning to do over the last number of years to open this up. You can't advertise all over town right now about a big grand opening. That's, that'll, if anything, that's negative press for our church. Now, time will come for that later, and the Lord will use that, but that time is not right now. And as hard as that is, you know what? I, I see God's hand in that. Because I think God is going to show this church what just he can do without any of our stuff just him. And we get to watch what he can do. But we got to ask him to do it. If God is really going to use this church to reach so many people for Christ in 2021, we got to get on our knees. We got to ask him to do it. We need to prepare. And so I want to ask you to prepare with me, to prepare with our church in a number of ways. Uh, this week, actually, when I was reading about the preparation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, I noticed it says this. Look at this, Matthew 4, 1 and 2. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Uh, which is the greatest understatement in the entire Bible. <laughs> he, was, he didn't eat for 40 days. We want to point out, 
He was hungry. But that's not what I want you to notice in this text. What I want you to notice is Jesus, in preparing, goes into basically this 40-day fast. 40 days of prayer. By the way, anyone know what 40 days from today is? Take a guess. It's Christmas. Christmas Day. The birth of Christ. I think that is pretty amazing. And so here's what I want us to do. Just as a way for us to remind us that we got to prepare in this special season and as a way to prepare for what we think will be an incredible movement of God in 2021, we as a church are going to enter, enter into a season of 40 days of prayer. And what I want to do is I want to give you a number of ways that you can engage with us to be praying during these 40 days. I'll give you five ways, in fact. Here's the first one. Come to our Sunday morning prayer meetings. This is a huge value of our church. It happens every single week before every single service. We gather to pray that the Lord would do miraculous things in our service, that the lost would be saved, that we would be more like him. We gather every single week after every service. In fact, we've moved the prayer meeting uh, to the yellow pod so we can have a bit more room for this. Uh, So if you don't know where that is, basically if you go into children's check-in, walk through check-in and take a left, it's right there. You can't miss it. And I want you to come and pray with us. Uh, we meet at 20 minutes before each service. So at 9.10 and at 10.40, we just pray for 10 or 15 minutes and come and pray and ask the Lord to move. If you're kind of like, I don't, I haven't prayed a lot. I'm kind of not used to praying. Just come and pray. You'll learn how. If you love praying, come and pray. If you're unsure about praying, come and pray. During this season, we got to ask God to move. We cannot move over there and just expect it's going to happen because we put a building up. The victory is with the Lord. We prepare the horse for battle, but the victory is with the Lord. Number two, I want you to pray for this every day for the next 40 days at lunch. I'm talking 10 seconds here. Okay, can you do that? You can do that for 10 seconds. Every day, just pray and say, Lord, would you just move through our church when we move into that building next year? Or whenever that is, God, would you just move through our church next year? Simple as that. That was probably maybe five seconds. I unnecessarily repeated myself. Could have been two and a half, right? If you've got kids at home, which uh, since all the schools are closing, you all will, right? <laughs> okay, right? So your kids are going to be home. You could teach your kids. This is a great way for, for them to just learn how to pray at lunch. Say you're getting lunch ready. You're making a mean grilled cheese or whatever you make for lunch, Right? Get the kids together and just say, hey, let's just pray every day for our building. Just teach your kids to say, God, would you just move through our church building next year? Simple as that. We just want people praying every day for 40 days. Because there are people in this city, all over this city, thousands upon thousands and thousands of people in this city that need Jesus Christ. And right now they're feeling it too because life is hard. You know, we say all the time here that 85% of people who live in Blaine aren't in church on an average Sunday. They're not. And they need Jesus. But you know what? Those people, they're taking notice right now. Some of you have heard me say this before, but, you know, I, when I'm out meeting people in the community, and you meet someone, and you exchange your name, and, you know, invariably, they always ask basically the same question. And they say, oh, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And I say, where are you a pastor? And I say, uh, Renovation Church in Blaine. And basically, nine times out of ten, they say the exact same thing every time. I say, Renovation Church in Blaine. You know what they say? They say, never heard of it. I go, oh. 
every time for the last 11 years. And it's not like there's 25 of us here, right? Like outside of Eagle Brook's campus in Blaine, this is the largest church in the city of Blaine. Every time, never heard of it. Well, guess what? Over the last seven months, since they started doing construction on the building, I still meet people. I'm out talking to people. You go to the dentist or wherever you go, right? And you, you meet someone. And I, apparently I talk to a lot of people at the dentist. I don't know why I just gave that example, right? And so, hey, how are you, man? How's your teeth? Okay, so you're talking to someone, right? And they say, oh, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. They say, where? I say, Renovation Church in Blaine. And every single time over the last seven months, they say, oh, is that that one that's going up on Lexington? And I go, oh, yes, it is. You know, And then, when I say that back to them, they say the same thing every time. They say, oh, are you new in town? (laughs) All right, well, at least we're making some progress here. Here's the thing. We've been working towards this for six years now. Not because the building is just some end-all answer. It's not because we're tired of setting up and tearing down. It's not because we don't think God can move here. He can. It's because we know that a building that everybody drives by and sees every day is an amazing tool of God. And we just know that the Lord is going to use it, so we prepare for it. All right, third practical thing you can do, pray at your house group. So during these 40 days, as we do prayer in our house groups, whether you're coming in through Zoom or you're in person or however you're doing it, we're going to have a special emphasis on asking the Lord to do incredible things through our building next year. All right, number four, you can pray with us at noon on Fridays on Facebook. We're going to go on Facebook Live every Friday at noon and just do some prayer. You can submit prayer requests. We're going to be praying on the building. Just hop on for five minutes and pray with us. And then lastly, I want to ask you to fast with us. We are going to do a 40-day fast. So I'm going to ask each of you to not eat for the next 40 to, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, but we are going to do a 40-day fast. It's just not going to look just like that. We're in a sense going to do a relay fast, right? So I want to ask you to fast for a day for 24 hours, that you would each pick a day, and in a sense, metaphorically, you're passing the baton on to the next person who passed. They fast the second day, and then someone else fasts the third day. And there may be multiple people even on a day. Now, if you're unfamiliar with fasting, you're just kind of getting into church or learning the Bible. Fasting is to abstain from eating so you can have a special focus on prayer. And the scripture teaches that it is the strongest form of prayer. Remember, Jesus was fasting, not just praying for those 40 days. So we want to hold a relay sort of 40-day fast so that someone from right now all the way to Christmas is always fasting in our church for what God will do. In fact, you can sign up for this right now. I would even encourage you to sign up for it right now. If you actually just get out your phone, open up the Renovation Church app, I'll show you where it is so you can find it. Go ahead. So if you open it up and you tap on the Connect tab, um, you'll see there where it says 40 days of fasting, and you can just go on there and you can pick a day. If you don't have the app, you don't like apps, there's also a paper sign-up that you can do in the hallway. I encourage you to just pick a day. And can I ask one more favor when you pick your day? Would you, on your day, if you can, I know some of you live farther away than others, maybe it's when you normally would have eat, eaten lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever, would you drive over to our building? Maybe just walk the sidewalk or the ends of the parking lot. You can't obviously get into the construction zone or whatever. And would you just go to the building while you're fasting and pray over our building? I just think it would be really powerful if we had somebody every day for the next 40 days who's fasting and praying at our building, praying over it. 
I would just love to have you do that. If you've never fasted before, if you maybe did it once or it was like 10 years ago and you're like, I want to do this, we have an incredible sheet out in the hallway um, under the spiritual discipline, look for the spiritual discipline square out there. It's just called like advice or tips for fasting. And it gives really good advice on what you might want to know before you fast for the very first time. And it gives you a lot of Bible references about fasting. Highly encourage you to pick that up on your way out as well. So you can sign up through the app. You can sign up in the hallway. But yeah, if we get a whole number of us doing this, I think that'd be just a great way for you to participate in this 40 days of prayer. And we're just believing. We don't know, what, we don't know when we're moving in, right? We don't know what's going to happen out there. But the Bible tells us you don't even know what tomorrow will bring, right? But nonetheless, we will prepare. We will prepare the horse for battle. And we will give victory to the Lord. All right, let me pray. God, I thank you for, I thank you first for the amazing people of this church I just love. And they just, they believe in you. They fight for you, God. And God, may we just collectively as a church, as we prepare, may we drop to our knees. And may you use our fasting. May you hear our prayers. And God, we just pray that you'd bring revival. You'd bring amazing things to this region because of what's happening through this church next year. We just love you so much. We thank you for your son. In your name we pray. Amen.